podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Friday night's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's just the, the guy. <laughs> it was the two guys, one filming his mate in the car. And then they just oh, put on when the, the guy starts walking. Aye. Aye, that's absolutely brilliant. But I've, the amount of times I've, listened, I've watched that with no sound, just enjoyed it with no sound. <laughs> I just enjoy his clothes. Aye, the, and the guy's movement is absolutely brilliant. Yes. It's absolutely slick. And as you can hear there, I'm joined by the big boss man himself, Craig Fowler. <laughs> and, Hello, uh, the big boss man. The big boss man. <laughs> I'm going to dig up big shows, Dad's I was going to say, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, when it's your dad's funeral, Tony, I'm going to come to you. <laughs> Come to the graveyard and steal him at the casket. <laughs> You're welcome to him. And, so, and a new man, a new man from a, a new what, man. what is, seems to have been uh, from the Yotel last night, which is now our new sort of youth development centre. Uh, we are joined by Motherwell fan Derek Reed. Welcome. Hi. Thank you very much. Good evening, guys. This is uh, not how I anticipated my Friday night was going to go, uh, standing <laughs> in the bar at the Yotel last night, but uh, here we are. There so, we go. Ah, so yeah. Fowler was obviously... Uh, so you were on the lookout for people last night. <laughs> I, I was like, when you messaged this morning, I was like thinking about it. So now it's going to be a nightmare for you, Fowler, because now people know how Derek's got involved. People are going to be thinking about how they can make their way to a TV show. Every pub you're in now, <laughs> football, people are going to be over at you talking about it, like quoting things from Inverting the Pyramid or whatever it is. To, and like, <laughs> to like Dunfermline's 352 or whatever. Well, already previously had uh, somebody phone, phone the office, phone the Scotsman office, phone my boss or one of my bosses. Uh, asked to speak to me. <laughs> it was like, I, uh, I'm a big fan of the show. Eh? I just uh, was w- wanting to find out how I can uh, g- get on the show, like meaning the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get in the fucking line. Is what I, was <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I'm not sure how uh, possible that'll be, but I'll give you the email of my producer, uh, <laughs> Andy. Please deal with this man. That's absolutely <laughs> mental. <laughs> <laughs> Just I've never so what that, that same guy like every show he likes sits and watches <laughs> <laughs> sits and watches a porno and likes a girl that's in it and starts phoning up browsers asking if he can get a slot. Hello, Matt Groening. <laughs> absolutely fucking surreal, but wow, that is really metal. But uh, Derek, thanks a lot for coming. Uh, we just done before the main show. We just done a Patreon all about Motherwell, which uh, was really interesting. If you're into that type of thing. But we are not into that type of thing. So we're going to start off with Friendly the Edinburgh Derby. <laughs> and we're going to start off with the Edinburgh bloody Derby. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, Hibs... that. That's my anticipation yeah. of this. I would do that, but there'd be loads of flakes all over the table. Tony has exhibited his hands for anybody who didn't get that. <laughs> uh, we'll start off with Hibs Easter Road 1 and the Jamberinos, Daniel Stendhal's Diamonds 3. Enjoy that, Craig. Oh, I, I, it's it's one of my one of the best nights I've had in 
years. <laughs> certainly watching Hearts anyway. You'll get married on Saturday. So. Yeah, but I mean, that, <laughs> might, that might be better. Uh, but uh, no, it was it was a tremendous night uh, to be at Easter Road, to actually go to the game as well as a fan, which is something I've not had a, a chance. Oh, right, so you weren't working. You were no, there just... I, I was there as a fan. I was there on the dance floor uh, beside, the, beside the East Stand as well, which is the best position to be. I was giving it... Big licks to the the Hibs fans uh, after goals one, two, and three, and then at full time as well. At the same time, hoping please nobody recognise me and wait outside. Yeah, <laughs> forget about that now. You are going to become slightly recognisable, soon, yeah. so especially, especially since I'm a fairly recognisable man anyway yeah. with a big beard, when big beard, long hair and glasses. Yeah, when somebody say no face, <laughs> <laughs> I'm recognisable by having no face. Yeah, um, yeah I mean. I kind of going in. I kind of thought that Hearts could do something uh, because, well, we've just seen it. We've seen, we've seen it in the games against Rangers. When Hearts play well, Hearts, Hearts are a very good team. Uh, Stendhal seems to bring the best out of them in, in bigger matches. And I thought if they play like they did against Rangers, got every chance of winning. And that's pretty much from a Hearts' perspective. That's pretty much what happened. I thought Hearts, for the most part, I think every player was just about excellent. I think it was one or two. I don't think Lewis Moore played particularly well in the first half. Uh, I don't. Jamie Walker was horrendous coming off the bench. Definitely the worst Hearts player. I don't think Boyce had his best game, but apart from that, there was so many players. Bazanich for the second game in a row, just being absolutely everywhere in the midfield. That's his first ever two-game run, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, passing the because he has had. There was a game at Easter Road. I think it was it was a game last season. I think I think it was the the one-all game. Uh, him and McLean came off the bench. It was when Ryan Edwards came on. Uh, for his first for his debut and then because Hearts played better and came for a goal down to get a point everybody was kind of saying like oh Edwards was, was it the key man for Hearts I think Edwards didn't fuck all in that game it was Bazanich and Stephen McLean coming off the bench McLean giving another uh, partner alongside Uche and Bazanich just had so much energy in the midfield and he was very progressive with his passing and really kind of made really kind of turned the game in Hearts' favour so you knew that he kind of had this in him but it's just so often just such a shit boring player, like so <laughs> negative, so negative a lot of the time, passing the ball backwards constantly. That was the thing that struck me watching the game is Bazanich is just a bit bland. It's always very safe, and you know, some of the passes, he was forward passes, he was making breaking the lines on uh, Tuesday night. It was, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, and using his legs as well to break up play, which is something that he should be doing a lot of, and he, he doesn't often do. But he done it a lot against Rangers. He done it a lot again on Tuesday. If this is the Bazanich you can get every single week, then. There's space for him in that yeah, squad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it's if he if he can replicate that kind of energy and be that disruptive, and do and um, contribute going forward, because I mean he's a, he takes set pieces and stuff. So he you, you got to be a decent passer. Why do you never want to pass it forward? I mean, he used to just give the ball to Berra all the time. Berra would never want it, and all that would happen was that Berra would lump up the park. And as my mate Gibby said on uh, Tuesday, we were talking about, he's like, you can you just do that yourself if you want to just lump it forward. <laughs> and you can do it from a cl- further up the park. Yes, and you're also more accurate at it than Christoph <laughs> fucking Berra. Uh, but yeah, he was excellent. Uh, Aaron Hickey was superb again. I mean, the thing that really frightened me going into the game is what Martin Boyle would do against the Hearts defence if Hearts left too many holes at the back. Because Martin happened Boyle, on Boxing Day, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely happened on Boxing Day, and the way the Hearts have been playing with just every attacker that comes up against, unless it's a Rangers attacker, just seems <laughs> to get loads of space in behind Craig Halkett. So I, I was terrified of that, and he had a couple of 
threatening runs, first half. Uh, the one I actually missed because uh, even though I turned up 10 minutes early, I was still standing outside 10 minutes after the game had kicked off. How fucking annoying <laughs> was that? I mean, it was the same all over the stadium. Because uh, I first got in I got just in time and there, it was like half empty and the game was kicking off and I was like, I, I'm sure more people have bought tickets <laughs> for an evening Edinburgh Derby. Uh, but like, I think they were doing quite uh, the search. I suppose it gets to the stage is that if you throw bottles at James Tavenier, and run on the pitch and try and batter them, that they start searching you more at games. Probably <laughs> like, fair enough. Yeah, it's like, that was what I was thinking. It was like, maybe like, the Hibs fans can be pretty badly behaved at times. So. Although, as my mate Gibby said, he says, that was pointless because if we score, there's a flare coming out. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. They can't get everyone. To, right? they're, just, they're bloody trying their best. It could be like Italian football as well, where they're that desperate to get flares and that they stick them up their arse. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's apparently a thing that happens in Italian football. Because mm. it was... Um, I can't remember his name, Ed. Dan Lou, I think his name is. He's a Spurs fan and he used to do videos called Away Days. And he went to a Spurs game, I think it was either when they were playing Milan or Inter. And uh, on the so w- loads of people walking really weirdly. <laughs> well, on, on the way to the ground, uh, he was getting searched and the guy put a finger up his arse to check if he had any flares on him. <laughs> it could have just been a. Uh, it could have just been a, a doctor. A, a, it could have just been a sexual predator <laughs> masquerading as a steward, but that was uh, apparently the reason. Wow. All right. Okay. I mean, I couldn't have my pal walking about like that because I would have a lighter in my hand <laughs> constantly. But yeah, I mean, there was other things about Hearts. Connor Washington. Uh, I think. I think you saw in that game some of the best and some of the worst of Connor Washington. Even though he scored, uh, he, he was a bit lucky with the goal. I think, I think he was lucky. He was, his decision making about how he stopped the stuff was poor. Yeah, he, was, he also had a moment not long before that where he had a he had a really good kind of shooting opportunity and kind of took it too far in and then decided to cross it or try to cut it back. He was like, just have a shot. And the one he scored, he, he took it far too close to Hanlon. It was lucky that Hanlon apparently... Uh, the ball just went through him. So. Uh, he went through his legs, <laughs> and the fact that he played that whole game, shit. <laughs> but backed off, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Washington, he's always going to give you so much energy in attack. He's always going to just chase down absolutely everything, and he's fairly quick. And he's a, he's a not bad footballer as well. He just, just doesn't seem like much of a goal scorer, but he's certainly somebody that you could do in the squad and a handy player to have when you play a high pressing game. I, I can't gonna, wait. I can't no, that's what I was about to say. I was like, surely, who knew that. Uh, the second coming of Beckenbauer getting injured meant that you would uh, <laughs> that you would brick it. You'd bring in De Camona, who is looks clumsy. Let's be fair, um, and suddenly he's the fucking best player going at centre half, and he absolutely strolled it. He was for brilliant. The whole Ninety minutes. He was brilliant for the second consecutive game at Easter Road. He w- he was excellent. Yeah, he's had three good games: two games at Easter Road and Rangers. So that's when he came on. <laughs> I thought. I quite like Clever Dickamore. Yeah, he, he's had his he's had his moments, and he is a bit bomb scarish. But I think I've said before, for the most part, we seem to tend to get away with when he does something daft. I think the Aberdeen game at the start of the season being uh, maybe one of those occasions where we were punished where he gave away the penalty, and that was pretty stupid. But on the most part, so he came at the team originally alongside Jimmy Dunn, and they were a decent partnership. And then for he came on once against Rangers and he was dreadful. He, he literally like could not stop giving the ball away, could not stop making stupid mistakes. And ever since then, Levine didn't really trust him. And it's only really been, even though he extended his contract by another year, I think it was always in a backup role. And But 
if he can play like he did on Tuesday, but he basically just kept it simple all the time. When he keeps it simple, and he seems to do that in the bigger games. And he's quick and he's strong, yeah, so he, he does have... He has players off the ball, left, right and centre, yeah. and yeah, striding, striding out from the back. I thought it was a yeah, really, really good performance. For yeah, and he also... He can play a bit as well, because on his... Uh, I don't know if it was his debut, but it was one of his first appearances away at Ibrox. He, he came on at right back, and he got the ball in the wing, and he nutmegged two Rangers players in one movement. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing him do that since, to be fair, but he, but he can play a bit. And I think sometimes uh, with centre-halves he can play a bit, he sometimes tries to play a bit too much. But when he's just like the game at Hibs, when he's just like, clear your lines, don't do anything stupid. Just whenever you get it, when if you're under pressure, don't try and dribble your way out. Just get the ball up the park and, and regroup. When he does that, you can see he's a, a very effective player. Craig Halkett's another player who just seems to play well in big games as well. He seems to be thinner in big games. <laughs> he just puts the weight back on for against the rubbish teams. Um, so looking at it from a tactical sort of point of view, uh, I thought Hearts got a pretty spot on with the way that they dealt with Boyle. Um, they allowed Louis Stevenson. Yeah, that whole, sh- shifted the team over to so that like side. So like Smith, and the fact that it worked because you had Smith at fullback rather than Clare for this game. So when you shifted everyone over... That meant that Halkett was able to go over and support Hickey to deal with to deal with Boyle, and then you've got Smith, who's played at centre half and is a very natural defender, who's able to just slip in beside the Kimona. And Hearts they made the Hibs made the game too narrow. Mm-hmm. I thought with, with the style of play, and what Hearts done is they crammed it in the midfield. They made it really difficult for Hibs. I thought Hibs did not fancy it from very early when Hearts were snapping at their heels, getting in their face like um, Omionga, especially was giving the ball away very consistently. Yeah, he was really loose with it, wasn't he? Yeah, even and he was winning was the push. He was winning the ball a lot, uh, and then he was sort of, and then he was just instantly giving it, giving it away. Uh, but Hearts were just more than happy once they'd done that get too much we'd break out with the ball and the only player available would be Lewis Stevenson and I mean uh, the guys when we talk about legend all the other stuff but going forward he's, he's crap and he, uh, he has he, he always has been that's, uh, that's just the way it is uh, so allowing him to run forward with it is, 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 is a good tactic that teams have used in the past uh, and another thing that struggled with Hibs is Deutsch and McNulty McNulty was never shown for the ball. He always wanted to sort of play on the shoulder and get in behind. But when there's that much chaos in the middle of the park, you need to come and show, like, because there needs to be an avenue for you to get the ball because there's no way you're going to just whip it around the corner. And also thought that when it was... At, um, when Hearts were really getting on top, sort of mid- midway through the first half, and obviously at the start of the second half, they had Allen really high up the park for the vast majority of it. I think Hibs were really planning on going direct. I think he thought Hearts would play a high line again and be on top, get into Allen really fast, and then you've got the movement from the other players in front of him. But I think when it looked clearly that wasn't an avenue, Allen should be coming deeper and deeper and letting Hibs sort of take some sort of control for at least a period of the game because I don't think Hibs had any sort of period in the match. I think if you said a few weeks ago that a, a midfield two of Bazanic and Damour would pitch up at Easter Road and and totally control the game against Alan Omeonga and, and co. And nobody, 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 nobody would believe you. No. But, I but that's, exactly, that's exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> I think Hearts deserve a lot of credit for it and I think... Um, I just yeah, I think I think you just see that Stendhal that extra period. I think Craig Anderson mentioned that on the podcast of the week that that game again getting called off against St. Mirren could actually be huge for Hearts because they've come back and clearly tactically. And some people might say, oh, it's taken them really long time to realise it, but maybe not. Maybe he's been trying to implement this exact 
style it with the defence the whole it time. Took, it just took the time. Took the rope. Rope and goggles. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. now the players know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And who knew? Who knew it was that simple? Well, let's uh, let's not get too carried away. We've had this kind of false dawn before, and I think the Motherwell game will tell you everything you need to know about the rest of Hearts' season. If Hearts win against Motherwell uh, on Saturday, you'll go balls deep with the chat. Oh, I, I think if Hearts beat Motherwell, I think Hearts will comfortably uh, avoid relegation. I think exactly the same thing. If, I think it's a huge game for Hearts on no. Sunday if they can keep this momentum going. Yeah. and get three points against Motherwell, I think I think they'll, they'll go on their way and be safe. It's, if it's any other result, I think it hurts. I think it's going down to the end of the season. Oh, and that'd be, that'd be more exciting, eh? So let's have that. Hearts, <laughs> hearts, hearts be shite. And it's funny, though, because despite all that, it's been a, it was a really funny midweek because there's so much went on and nothing changed. <laughs> like, and, uh, and I, mean, I don't mean that just in a Hearts yeah. respect. I mean, like, all over the league, nothing really changed whatsoever in any point, maybe apart from um, sort of Motherwell and, and uh, like being able to stretch ahead to uh, Aberdeen. But before we move on, let's have a little message from some guys. I'm Josh Schneider-Weiler. And I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today, wherever you get your podcasts. So what do you think of that then, Fowler? Uh, I did actually check out one of the uh, Football Today podcasts. It was the one that were actually focusing on uh, Scottish football, but more uh, specifically, they, they were talking about the SFA's decision to uh, ban headers, and it was, it was good, interesting chat. I mean, the guys clearly know their stuff, do a lot of research, so it's, uh, well, unlike most podcasts, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> this one. Yeah. I know that feeling. Right, uh, let's head to Ibrox for... I think we'll call it the the biggest shock of the of the season. I'd go with that. Yeah, I'd yeah. go with that. Yeah. Right, how, how did you feel about it, Derek? What do you think went wrong? Uh, I know there's been a lot of chat about Gerard and how he could possibly be you know, to blame for for the result or Rangers' recent results. But you know, I think when you set up a team that gets was it thirty thirty one shots on goal, you know that's not really the manager's fault. I don't think. Um, but I mean, talk about Aki's they What a result it is for them. Um, and I, th- yeah, I thought they were good. They're defending really stoutly. Nothing fancy about their defending, just clearing their lines. Gogic for you know, he's a brilliant player. I think I'd yeah, happily take Gogic. him. I happily take him at Mother. Oh. Um, he was fantastic sitting in front of the back four, just screening everything, uh, breaking up the play. Um, and Aki's just did you know, what Aki's doing. They pull a result <laughs> out of absolutely nowhere. Um, and go on their way to being safe again, possibly. I, I, bloody, I totally, bloody cockroaches. But, yep. I kind of agree, because I think uh, any other time, and this wasn't like after sort of a poor run of form for Rangers, no one would be blinking an eyelid at this. This is sort of like the traditional way that Rangers during, say, nine when they won nine in a row leagues, it would be the traditional way that Rangers would lose a game at Ibrox, where sort of like, it just isn't their day. The goalies had a brilliant, had a, had an incredible game. They defend, they've defended stoutly. Someone's made a terrible error at the back and they managed to squeeze a goal out of it. So I think any other time this could actually be brushed off. But if there was ever a time for everyone in the team to misfire, it's absolutely yeah. horrendous for Gerard and the club. It was that, everyone. That's what yeah, it was everyone. I mean, because even Tavenier coming forward, he missed a sitter. Oh, yeah, and, yeah that was and, a shocker. Like, like, and like, normally you'd say, oh, it's a defender, but he, 
doesn't have that excuse because like that's he's probably better there than he is anywhere, yeah, yeah. anywhere else in the park. But that seems to be right, Rangers sort of kryptonite now. I mean, Goldson, Tavernier, the fans have turned. These guys are running out of lives at Ibrox. Yeah, and um, like Goldson, Goldson, Tavernier, the kind of guys who Gerard kind of has has had to kind of hang his hat on. Boys who he's kind of looked at and says, right, these are the mainstays of my team. These are the guys I yeah, build both around. Both his captains, aren't they? That's his captain and his vice captain. Yes, and I think for the most part it, it seemed fine. Uh, Tavernier early in the season was looking like uh, the best he'd ever been. Uh, Goldson, I've never been a huge Conor Goldson fan, but you can see that he's capable of good performances. He's capable of leading the defence. He's he's somebody who kind of exudes composure quite a lot of the time, but he's been a bit shit in domestic football recently as well I mean that mistake was an absolute shock yeah. hilarious uh, the whole thing was hilarious as well who would, you blame, who would you blame Derek I think it's got to be Goldson um, for that he had a couple of options he, Tav was near enough to him that he could have played out wide not a problem or just you know if in doubt just stick your laces through it um, and he just well, he didn't do anything um, he just fell uh, he just like, put his foot on top of the ball and let <laughs> David Moyle take it off him um, <laughs> at the end of the box and then he top box it at the bottom yeah, corner yeah. Uh, it was a weird kind of slide tackled it into the corner yeah. uh, McGregor just kind of launched it go past him just itching for the chance to murder goals uh, yeah, I think some part of me thinks McGregor turns out sees it goes to the bottom corner There's a, his, his heart jumps a beat and he's <laughs> actually a wee bit happy yeah. Yeah. he'll fucking go again yeah. ah. absolutely no surprise that he was uh, he was booked for arguing arguing <laughs> He's some boy, Alan McGregor. He's at 38 years old. You think, angry, start, angry man. <laughs> you think he'd start maybe sort of coming down a bit, but it's, it's a weird thing. So you talked about earlier, like it's it's not really Gerard's fault, and I can, I can kind of see. I, I'm talking about this game, and it's yeah, in a, it's an individual match. Yeah, no, I, I think like, this game is an individual yeah, match. No, I wouldn't put too much blame on him. I think there is other issues. No, but I think um, it, it's an interesting one though because I think a lot of supporters were still putting a lot of blame onto Gerard in this one. And I can kind of see it for both ways because you're right because they did they created all these great chances and if you do that as a manager that's pretty much your job to, to put your players in that position. But I can also understand why fans were frustrated because at the same time they were just maybe one plan which would give the bottle Bon and Barisic he could put in a really good cross and we'll get a chance through that. And yeah, I mean they should have scored they should have. I mean, they should have scored about three or four. They should have created more than enough. They should have they created more than enough chances to win the game comfortably. But when that's not working, you kind of want your team to do something else, and it didn't seem like they had any other idea. And it kind of goes back to the fact that they don't have they don't have midfielders as strong as Celtic. And when it when it's when it gets to desperation time in games like that, it's harder for them to score goals than it is for the champions elect. Yeah. Do, do you think the Rangers need to set up and you know home to Hamilton with Glenn Kamara? In there, for example, like, I know he dictates the midfield and stuff. But well, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be playing because he's been absolutely fucking wait, rubbish yeah, this year. Um, but you know, can you sacrifice him and put in, you know, uh, Ar- Arfield in the bench? I think. Or did he play? Uh, Arfield. Um, Arfield's injured. Uh, someone with a bit more. You know, like maybe unlock the unlock the door a little well, bit. You more had Ken, well, you Kent came on. Kent, Kent, yeah. Well, you had you have Jack as well, who I'd argue through his season uh, and his development this season that he would be out of him and Kamara. Uh, so a similar style player but a much more progressive Jack, player you could gain more from him I don't know why he was on the bench if he didn't come on but uh, Jack did was carrying an injury from the Hearts game so that's probably why he was on the bench yeah I mean it's, so it's just it's a still, question of depth it's then. still a fairly attacking team though if you look at Davis and Kamara yeah fair enough maybe you don't need Kamara because that's kind of two players that can do the kind of sitting job but other than that Aribo, Hadji, Manilos and Camberry 
There's enough stuff there. Absolutely. <laughs> and you've got, and you've got for the it's first time. you're embarrassed yeah, but spending the entire game like on the edge of the Aki's box. And there's been injury problems with the fullbacks recently. So this is one of the few times in recent times that they've been able to get both yeah. of them on the park. So there's no excuse for what is. And, but you see, you're, you're right. If you look at, you're talking about the depth of Celtic squad. They're bringing on Brandon Barker, who, yeah, I rated him at Hibs to a point. Uh, but he's never a Rangers, see, he's never a Rangers no. player in my See, when he signed Sundays. for Rangers, I just thought, since he's been away for Hibs, he must have got so much better. He's the exact same player. Uh, I really don't Arguably worse. It. Can run really fast in a straight line, but that's about it. Because I yeah, felt he was yeah. a better ball carrier at Hibs. When I watched him, he used to get Hibs up the park. Uh, that was sort of his main thing when we played. He would he would drag Hibs up the park. Uh, and yeah, his end product didn't get didn't get good till maybe towards the end of that season he was there but we was always great because we would able, were able to keep pressure on teams all the time because he would carry us 60 yards up the park I don't see him doing that for Rangers whatsoever maybe they don't really play in that fashion I know they always like to go through the sort of three midfielders but something's something's rotten yeah, I brought what do you think um, so Derek where would you say where's the line for Gerard, where would you say how how long does this go on for till they can't sack him, can they? He's on another two years. They can't afford to sack him. You'll be on silly money. Yeah, and also I, I, I don't know what you think, but I just reckon that there's who are you going to get kind of thing. Gerard's yeah. actually proven himself to be a, a fairly decent manager in a, in a lot of ways. He's obviously got his weaknesses. He, he doesn't seem to sign as well uh, as Celtic. Well, maybe not that actually. Celtic signings over the last. Years haven't exactly been great, but he's got a scar gun approach yeah, to but, signers. Yeah, the, but yeah. they had they, they had a good they had a good foundation to build from Celtic. They have a number of great players in their team already, uh, so they just have to sprinkle one or two. Whereas Rangers do kind of have to do a lot of wholesale stuff every season because they're trying to bridge that gap. And yeah, the signings haven't been great, but I mean, how much is that, and how much is director of football? Yeah. I, I mean, who else? Yeah, come back to my point. Who else are Rangers bringing in? I, th- I think he's done enough to show that he's he's got a little bit more time. Uh, the European. You know, performances have been. I know he's got Rangers for the last sixteen of the fucking Europa, Europa League. League. Yeah, I mean that that certainly stands for something. But yeah, there certainly seems to be more grumblings coming out of Ibrox. Well, um, well, it sounded more like claps to me around the. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I did because I, uh, I heard I listened to the uh, Heart and Hand podcast this morning, and they were saying that if the so they're coming up, they've got Ross County away, I think this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Then they've got Leverkusen. Then they've got Celtic, then they've got League Verkusen. I think they said if they win none of those four games. And then Motherwell. Toughest of the run. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think they, they were saying uh, if he doesn't win any of those four games, then they might want him to go because then they just wonder whether the position just becomes untenable and whether it is a there case is some of, kind of problem. Either, there is a problem and, and he can't resurrect this. What have he's been up to in Dubai? I think they need to make a decision soon, one way or another. They either give him the bullet and you've got a bit of time. From, the, from now till the end of the season to plan and go put your plans in place for next season or you stick with them aye, or, or you, or you like, a crucial season next season if you're a Rangers man is indeed <laughs> yes or you, aye, yeah, you literally just say like right this season is very disappointing the way it's finished but we, we saw enough in the first half yeah. that this, this is a man who is in the best position to stop 10 in a row Okay, hope so. But let's let's. I feel terrible. No, we barely spoke about Hamilton, possibly one of the well, I mean, greatest results in, the, in their history. <laughs> I, I tried to. Read. They managed to win at Ibrox with a back four of McGowan, Want, Tony Hamilton, and McMahon. I didn't have time to watch the game, so I've watched the highlights, and the highlights was about ninety percent Rangers it really attacks. Was, yeah, and. I read the Aki's forum, but there was only 88 people, Hamilton Aki's fans at the game, so none of the guys in the forum were at the game. And then I went and Pine and Bovril, and the only reports I got 
of how Aki's played was from Rangers fans and a Hearts fan who was weirdly there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how much I can actually that's say That's a fucking big Hearts fan who goes to the Derby on the Tuesday night, <laughs> wins and thinks, well, I need to go and see what Hamilton do. <laughs> uh, just travelling around any game that could possibly affect Hearts' future, he makes sure he pops up at it. He, he did say, uh, and I would have been the exact same, he was saying it was obviously a blow that Hamilton won, but at the same time it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, it's never not funny. Yeah. Uh, moving on to what was nearly very funny, uh, uh, the Tony Macaroni, Almondvale Arena, Arena one of them, one of, whatever they want to be called. Almond Milk Arena. Where Celtic managed a last-minute goal from Tom Rogic to it, stop it, losing twice at the Macaroni. It's rubbish. I really, I mean, I know they've had a win against Celtic already this season, but I really felt for Livingston at the end, because that goal doesn't really mean much to Celtic, does it? Because especially with Rangers losing, they could have lost that game and it doesn't fucking matter. They're still winning the title. But for Levy fans, beating Celtic twice in one season would have been just something really special. And it was just like, when Rogic scored the end, it was like, you bastards. I think in the balance of play, a draw probably was a fair result. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt, felt for Livy, defended fantastically in that second half after they went ahead and yeah, just... Celtic doing what Celtic doing Roderick doing what he does um, coming off the bench and scoring late goals John Guthrie seems to be a, a very good player mm, yeah I, I think it was Walsall they picked him up from just you know out of nowhere and obviously they lost Halkett to, to you guys did uh, Tom Aldred not come for Walsall as well he was a uh, buddy alright was he on loan at Walsall not that I wasn't no, involved no. at Walsall no, <laughs> back off yeah. <laughs> um, he was at fucking Walsall right <laughs> he, he was at Walsall it's easier yeah, he, I, gets, I, he gets I, like he this there. I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> he played against Walsall at least I am sure he played against Walsall Let's the clubs that we can start shouting about <laughs> He's aware of Walsall <laughs> But I know, I got through, you know, came in with not a great deal of fanfare after you know last season Halkett at Hearts Gallagher going to Motherwell um, but he stepped in there and he's had a great season I think he's, he's stuck in a fair few goals for them no, five um, or six goals he's yeah. got as well yeah. and um, he's his been finish big, last night was really good as well really nice finish He's been big because Lithgow struggle with injuries this season mm. as well so he's not been I think, I think the list goes been on the bench sometimes, even when he has been fit because the centre halves have played so well. But yeah, Livy just continue to be really fucking good. That's, <laughs> a, that's, that's a really fair point. Yeah, yeah, it's a really fair point what you're saying about Lithgow. Because I mean, look at this game. A guy who's arguably one of their best players last season, and Lithgow's not there. Bartley's on the bench, and they're still able to really trouble. Celtic without even having their probably you would normally say you need to have your absolute yeah. stone cold best living on the part and they're doing about that. Hey, did you guys watch the game? I was working, yeah, so I, I, watched, I watched the game. How yeah. did how did Celtic line up? Because I see was it Ayer, Julian? Was it a back three again or back three with Ayer, yeah, Julian, and Beaton? Yeah, and then Forrest uh, and Taylor as the wing backs. Taylor was pretty poor. He was, yeah. Uh, and then I'm assuming El Yunusi was up front with Edward. Edward. Ellie Yusey was kind was of floating, floating. everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah. I don't think that really suits him. He was, nah, nah, I don't think it does either. He, he just kind of yeah, got a bit lost at times. He, he started quite well, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he faded quite quite drastically in the second Yeah, half. I, I agree. I think Ellie Yusey looks good when you give him a player to roast. Mm-hmm. Like, I, basically, like for 90 minutes, you go at him and really give him a torrid time because he's, he's a scary player to play against. He's so direct, he's so quick, he has got pretty good feet. Yeah. He's not came, since his injury, he's not quite got back to the height speed. You can still see those flashes. If he doesn't cost the earth, El Yunusi, I would be interested as a Celtic fan at, at bringing him back. I think he might cost the earth a bit. They're, uh, they're, I think it's a lot of paper talk, but apparently they were interested in the summer in Jordan Ibe, and it's come out today that Jordan Ibe will definitely be leaving Bournemouth in the summer. So if Celtic want, want to try and sign him, they can get him for free. They'd obviously have to pay him a bit. But I think it's reported that his wages are 40 grand. 
Celtic are play, pay players at least 30, so I think they could probably afford them. That'd be a good move for Ibe. Yeah, because he's done the square root of shit all. <laughs> and and not, not just, I mean, I mean through his entire career. Yeah. I mean, he never done anything at Liverpool. I remember this better be the Scottish Rule podcast, but he never done anything at Liverpool. He went to Bournemouth and done nothing, and then he get to go to a Champions League club. You're doing all right, if you ask me. Europa League. You know, <laughs> well, it'll be a Champions League club next season. It will. Yeah. Um, so the goals, I mean, Forster, um, he's, he's, he's mucked that one up, hasn't he? Absolutely. Oh yeah, it's yeah. not a foul. No, absolutely not a foul at all. No, Guthrie uh, was it Guthrie? Yeah, Guthrie jumped up yeah. with him. Yeah, no, d- didn't back into him. No elbows. Can't it's even see just, him. Doesn't even know he's there. Does no. He? no, and, and a very good reason why VAR should never be f- in fucking Scottish football is that it would have been it would have been ruled out because Brown had his foot slightly raised when he took the throw in, so it would have been yeah. a foul throw. <sighs> imagine that. Imagine that goal was disallowed for that. Making such a big point of it on BT. In the live game, they kept mentioning it. Sutton uh-huh. kept mentioning it. Um, not did he? Well, of course yeah. he does. Aye. Get a rest. Uh, but I mean, if I'm not something that jo- uh, John Sutton. I'm not something that Chris Sutton does uh, when he begrudgingly has to admit that a decision that's gone against Celtic is right. He'll start talking very slowly. Yes, he has played the ball there. Right decision by the referee. <laughs> and when it's the other way about. He's talking about a million miles an hour because he's enraged. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to see that! (laughs) Um, I suppose we can't move on without talking about uh, Julian and his inability to play against last season lower league striker Lyndon Dykes. (laughs) I I don't know what happens. He does not like Lyndon Dykes or the Tony Macaroni arena. I don't know what he was trying to do at uh, Levy's second goal. He doesn't even ragdoll him at all, no, Dykes. He just fucking gets up. Just, it's it's all him. Julian. It's all he's, Julian. He's clearly in his head. Yeah, I think I, I think he. You know, Dykes gets the ball, and I think Julian's gone. I'll try to take him out and just. Yeah. You've taken the piss out of me a couple of times here. I'm going to put one on you. And he totally messed up. Yeah. And he's getting mouthy in the papers today, I saw Dykes. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, yes, why not? I'm playing for Australia, and Julian's shite. Can't wait to play him. <laughs> he doesn't seem to uh, lack confidence in himself. That's what you that's, want. That's, that's exactly what you want in a striker. Uh, uh, just uh, for goodness sake, don't let him stay in your house. No, <laughs> no definitely not. I, I thought he, uh, Dykes was excellent last night. He occupied you know, at least two of Celtic's back three. Um, created a bit of space for uh, Robinson, Sybil and stuff to get a grip of the midfield. Yeah, I thought he was excellent and take him in the Scotland squad. Yes. Uh, it was kind of reported today that he, he snubbed <clears throat> Scotland, but then you kind of read these quotes and he, he's still pretty much saying that he's... He's open to either. Um, I'd imagine he'd play for. He is Australian. I think their assistant manager was at the game last yeah. night watching him. So uh, <laughs> you couldn't have failed. How fucking good will it be if at the Copa America this summer, Lyndon Dykes and Martin Boyle are playing up front? <laughs> <laughs> Lyndon Dykes, Martin Boyle, Tom Rogic, Jimmy McLaren coming off the Jimmy bench. Jimmy McLaren going brilliant. Harry, Harry Sutter at the back. Uh, I mean, of cute. course. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Is it too late for them to take John? <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on I mean again I mean I was going to talk about a Callum McGregor's goal because I think there was a lot of issues through that was it Lawson made a mistake in the build up or was that something different I think no, I uh, Lawson had a bit of a fresh air swipe to try and uh, clear it from the edge of the box and yeah broke I've actually completely blanked on what that goal was like I watched the game as well and then McGregor sort of done really well checking back and forward and he hits a shot that is essentially down the middle. Oh, I remember Yeah, McCrory. McCrory is inside, but he should definitely be doing better. Yeah, it's a nice you for him, not particularly yeah. in the corner. He should, he should have saved him. He dives too early. He sort of dives, mm. so he's underneath it by the time that the ball comes over. But um, So, yeah, Celtic have sort of, they've, they've dodged a bullet there. I know they did sort of play. Lennon was given it all. I'm really proud of the players. That's, right, so, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgot otherwise. Lennon 
So when Lennon first went back to Celtic, uh, or at least when he, I think it was when he first, when he first went back or when he signed his, his contract, he said that he'd mellowed as a manager. Uh, and I'd put a kind of thread on... From his hips days, I definitely... <laughs> was fucking off his head there. Uh, I put like a thread of like all the stuff where like, it looks like he clearly hadn't mellowed as a manager. But, and I still, I mean, I still have my doubts that behind closed doors he's completely mellowed as a person. I'm sure he's still getting right in the Absolutely. face of players who are shite. But in public... He certainly, he certainly kept up that persona because he very, very rarely, I don't even think I really remember doing it at all this season, throwing his players under the bus. I think compare that to who we were talking about earlier. Yes, yeah, who does it every every single week at the fucking game? Yeah. And he's oh. like, it's yeah. my responsibility, but they were all shit. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, like, I think he's uh, he's definitely does seem to have come across more professionally since he went to Celtic, and I think that says more about. How he viewed himself at Hibs is I always yeah I think there was always that feeling that he was doing the sort of club a favour being the manager so I think he always felt that it, no matter what he could act how he wanted he could totally wear his heart on his sleeve because no one could ever remove him yep. because he was meant to be a, but at he, Celtic he knows he, that where he fits into the yeah he, he, he maybe um, realised as well that that kind of stuff maybe does wear a bit thin as well because you saw it last season he took like three weeks off of doing media duties. And I think that was because he was just saying the same thing all the time. He was just slagging the players for for what they were doing. And when when the when the run wasn't coming to an end, where do you go for that? If you're if you're ripping into your players every week and they're still not winning, and they should be because the the squad's good enough to be certainly in the top half, and Hank Hibbs were eighth. What do you do? Do you then say, "Oh, actually, uh, it's, fault. it's a good it's a good group of players. We're, we're unlucky." This that seems weird. Camberry's really sound. <laughs> <laughs> So I think he, I think he has. Oh, we got an old firm game with Canberra against Lennon. Canberra will do something if he scores in front of Lennon. Hundred percent. I really see. Just it. runs right to him. Hands over both his ears. There was definite like genuine issues with it too. Like it was really widely reported, and people, the rumours that came out of the clubs that it was fucking bad. Like they really couldn't really be around each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fucking do something, Canberra, because it'll be a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there anything else anyone wants to add nah, to that? We probably we move, move on. on. Right, and we're going to here we go, Derek. Here we go. The Motherwell are back. We are, and he timed your um, debut at the terrace very nicely. Okay. Uh, around uh, Motherwell, the last eight weeks or nine <laughs> weeks before this, it would have been quite as fun. But... He's strolling in with a big smile on his face, and here we go. Motherwell coming back from a goal down Indeed, at home yeah. at Fur Park, which is in itself really impressive thing to do after sort of the current form at the moment. I think that might be the first time this season we've come from behind to win, um, which which is obviously a good a good trait to have. I was going to say that Wednesday seemed to be our first ninety minute performance for a long time, but. We'll say eighty eight because the first didn't exactly start go to plan um at the start yeah with uh, Fontaine scoring from a quite nice uh, worked corner Hartley losing his man uh, unfortunately but uh, you know from there on we're pretty much in control of the game um Alan Campbell's fantastic on the night um Marco Hara was great Rolando Arns is coming onto a game um so yeah no good positive uh, week for us. I was really, I thought, um, as I said, I think we spoke about this in the Patreon that everyone should listen to after this. Uh, that Patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. Thank you. Uh, and Polworth, it was a perfect game for Polworth to come back. And I know he's been in and out of the team, but when you're going up against Don Kiwi and Ian Vigers, is that central midfield? <laughs> Don Kiwi still starting games in, this, in the Scottish Premiership. It's just absolutely wild. Kiwi fans were saying he was done last season, and that was in the second tier. Mental. It's not not the most dynamic of midfields at County. Uh, and then you've, with. and you've got Campbell, 
and O'Hara in there who just scream legs and they can Absolutely. so have and you saw Polworth and really enjoyed himself even just from watching the highlights yeah he created so much space for Polworth and he was yeah he was pinging passes yeah, all night uh, really good performance from him but I, th- I think man of the match for us was, was Alan Campbell on the night not just because of his goals and I think he got assisted he got assisted the got third, assist with fourth, 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 sorry yeah. um, but it, it, he's just he's just brilliant I love the guy and he, when he plays mother will play he just sets the tempo for the whole team um, and he's been off the boil a little bit uh, during our sort of bad run uh, during February but uh, yeah if we can get him playing like that for the rest of the season that'll be massive yeah for us. I'm a huge Alan Campbell fan I remember when uh, uh, without bringing it back to Hibs just because I'm here but when Hibs lost Sean McGinn I was desperate for it to be Alan Campbell yeah. and I don't think I think he was he, he signed a new contract pretty soon after yeah. that happened and I was oh, in my head thinking please instead you got Stevie Mellon yeah <laughs> I was really desperate for us to sort of make that that move because I thought he was the ideal replacement and he's he's an absolutely brilliant player and he's just getting better and better and, and he's just he's adding goals to his game now, yeah well so. that, that's the thing he's developing his game I think up until probably this season he was just known as a, a, a spoiler a, a runner a spoiler just, yeah, breaking up the game but I don't think he gets the credit for a good enough footballer as, as he is um, yeah and adding goals to the game I think that's having six for the season now which is and a lot of them have came recently yeah that's well. been yeah. since the new year yeah, yeah. Have, um, yeah if he can add goals to his game it just yeah, gives us a whole different dimension with him uh, breaking forward um, from the midfield so no glad. happy days happy days indeed happy days indeed um, good to have Chris Long back in the team as well he is uh, an angry angry man as well uh, not oh. quite as angry but greedy bastard as well for uh, one of those uh, he did he did cross it, it he did cross it for Campbell second he but did. not long before that shot from like the byline when there was like three, three players with yeah, space in the I know, box I know um, yeah he, he can do that but, he, but he's a good player for us uh, stretches the game pretty quick um, works hard works really hard um, so no, it was good to have him back in the team as well um, which yeah just occupied the defenders freed up a lot of space for you know Polworth and, and Aaron's to, to really stamp on it but yeah it was just really good performance overall um, yeah we were just in control pretty much from from the from about the third minute um, onwards and so you know good it's like I say first sort of complete performance we've had in a long time because we've we've had games like uh, St Martin Cup game the first half was just a car crash second half was really good and yeah this is the first time we've probably put together decent performance over the, the, you know, the course of the game Ross County though they were missing I know look at that team they were missing uh, look at that team yeah, how are they not in the bottom two well because the teams in the bottom two are fucking dreadful as well <laughs> uh, but uh, I think they're missing the only player there I'm really saying they're missing is Peyton Harry Peyton who uh, yes, played who, in there and who has been playing pretty well yeah. recently so I mean that's a big miss Draper and Stuart, Stuart, so, so they'll, they'll be really glad to have got Ross Stewart back yes. on the pitch because uh, he's missed quite a large chunk. And yep. I know we've already made this point, but I still kind of get over that centre midfield. It's no. absolutely wild. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, we, I think lads talk about it's always whoever plays with Vigors, it doesn't make it any better. Because I've noticed that every podcast, whenever it's always whenever Ross County lose, just they're straight into the centre midfield, and Vigors is the common denominator <laughs> at all times. It's just a bit weird that a guy who is a bit of a luxury player when I first started doing this podcast <laughs> as a winger <laughs> like about Aye. about seven or eight about eight years ago when I first started Vigors was like a sort of luxury cool fun player but a bit of a luxury and now he plays as a midfield two in the Scottish Premiership it just it does not add up no. and they're the ones that you sh- that Hearts and Hamilton should be after yeah yeah they're, they're, I've got the most concerns of the teams I've seen down the bottom of the table county should be should be worried I think because I saw them at Easter Road really recently and I think I mentioned it on the podcast time they're not bad to watch they're pretty but they are fucking really easy to play mm. against they just are not involved and in, they're not interested in the in the fight of the game or getting involved I thought I, I sort of gave them a 
a buy in that game saying because it was a horrible night and I thought both teams looked like they didn't fancy like going into each other uh, and it allowed for quite a pretty game to take place but uh, from what you're saying earlier it's not it's just so no yeah like I say when, after we we got the equaliser which I think is about 15 minutes in there was just no reaction from County at all immediately after goal or for the rest of the game there was just everything was very sort of one pace they you know, didn't press any higher they just yeah just let us play our game and let us dictate um, so yeah no, they, they need to turn it around quickly I think. so like the, it was like the perfect team from all about play absolutely almost. I think it was yeah absolutely because I think it's fair to say that confidence is probably pretty fragile and I think another team if they'd gone 1-0 up within the first five minutes could have you know, put the foot on, on our necks could yeah. have been another tough night for us but they let, let us play our way back into the game and you know, in the end, comfortable, comfortable win. But think they spent six figures on Shaw when they've got that fucking midfield. I mean, go and spend <laughs> like, like surely you've got Mackay, you've got Erwin, you've got Stewart. They used to have Brian Graham. Uh, Brian Graham. So I remember talking on the podcast previously like, about how much like County's options up front for a newly promoted team were as really? good as I can ever remember a, a team having. And Billy Mackay's had a pretty good season, yep. um, especially because. Um, I think while I was away again, uh, I remember listening to the pod that Mackay's sort of form had dipped off as a player. Yeah, Mackay's only really good when you're in the country, it seems. Yeah, so I remember when I was away, he was, he was really, his form pulling off, and now he's looked absolutely brilliant. But when you've got those four, why would you go get rid of Graham and bring in Ollie Shaw and allow Don Cowie and Ian Vigers to be playing? It doesn't make any sense. And I, I think pretty much no matter what happens, the fans are going to want the duo out. Yank? Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think of the stay up. I was reading yeah, yeah, a bit of the then. bridge end. I was reading a bit of the bridge end today, <laughs> and uh, it, does, it looks uh, the jail end. The jail end, sorry, the bridge end. She's <laughs> 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 a smug face I used there as well. <laughs> um, I was the jail end, yeah, and a lot of people they're not they're not enjoying it because it's just the same things. Fair, going fair enough. I did I did not get a chance to read the jail end, so I bow to your superior knowledge. I don't think McGregor will. Uh, you know, pull, I don't pull think so the trigger while they're, they're sitting there. There might be a short leash for next season. Yeah. Well, there we go. They'll be the early candidates for yeah. the bullet. So that's what you can get your bets on, everyone. And now, well, well another, there's loads of good games this midweek. So much happened. There's uh, five good games. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we might, I mean, the amount of time they've spent on names means I might not even bother with St. Vincent Johnston. They can fuck off. And um, we'll go for Rugby Park, where. Craig Anderson, I think, watched uh, Kilmarnock draw two all with Aberdeen, and what sounded like from uh, his a very notes, weird game, a game, a game of thirds. Yeah, <laughs> so yep. Kelly were the much better team. Uh, it raced out to a two 0 lead. As soon as they went two 0 up, Aberdeen just started to kind of dominate the match. Aberdeen eventually pulled it back to two each, and then Kelly dominated for the rest of the game. So, what fucking sense does that make? I don't know. <laughs> I thought, thought Kelly and, and Spells were really good and it was just like that middle section of the match they just totally fell out of it and, and Aberdeen you know, got back in it but uh, no, I was uh, quite impressed with Kelly over the last few weeks I think the guy Kabamba that they've picked up has been a good good sign and really uh, let Brophy yeah. come back onto a game that's been um, the main part of that sign yeah. and it's how much it's yeah, brought Brophy yeah, exactly, on yeah exactly because I think he's got a few goals himself but yeah, having Brophy back on forms is big for Kelly Sorry, I, th- I think yeah, to, to go back to the point about that middle section I think that was the time of the game where Aberdeen actually looked like the sum of their parts and they didn't for the rest of the match. And that's just the same problem. We keep saying, I'm, I'm barely even, because of the TV show, I'm barely even on the show these days and I'm even getting sick of saying the same thing all the time. It's just that Derek McInnes is really not getting the best out of the, the players he's got right now. And, I mean, they should be, they should be a good team to watch. They should be able to go to Rugby Park and for the full 90 minutes, pass away around Kelly. Well, absolutely, especially when you look at it. I mean, they're not, they don't have power. 
and they're playing a midfield. They don't have uh, El Macarini. So come on, and they're playing with a midfield too. Hey, Macarini. <laughs> Macarini. Macarini, sorry. Uh, it's not my strong point. I'm uh, doing players' names. I'm like, like Pat Bonner in here. Uh, I've got, uh, the, the Killy Boy. <laughs> yeah. Pat Bonner's Jamaican. <laughs> the Killy Boy. Uh, but like for a midfield, I mean, you've got Ojo Ferguson and was McLennan playing essentially? In the game that I asked Craig Anderson, but I never uh, got that. He, he, did, he did tell us, uh, and I can't remember. <laughs> okay, thank you. And then, but I mean, and then you've obviously got McGeoch on the bench. I mean, going up against Dicker and Rory McKenzie is a centre midfielder. I mean, Rory McKenzie's sort of the most. He runs around. Ah, he's the most average wide player in the league. I think with Ojo Ferguson and having guys like McGeoch and stuff on the bench, they should be able to go when Kilmarnock are weakened in that area and totally dominate that game. I would, that's that's my opinion on that. No, I absolutely think they should. You know, they made quite a big uh, point about Ojo at the start of the season, like the Hibs. To yeah. signing him. Um, and according to you, Fowler, there was a quite a serious pip in there. I mean, yes, they offered is, over. He is getting paid quite a, a decent wage yeah. for and a Scottish Premiership player outside Celtic and Rangers. I think the idea is he was going to come in and, and dictate games for them. I know he's been in and out with injury, but he's just not really done that yet. And it's if Ferguson's not on it or McGinn's not on it, no one else really stepping up to the, the plate for them at the minute. And then with McKenna being out, and I know McKenna's had his detractors and he's maybe not played as well as he has in the past, but. Taylor and Devlin doesn't, no, De- Devlin doesn't make me feel good. Devlin wasn't Devlin wasn't very good. Devlin hasn't been in good form at, at all. Since really. he played for Scotland because he's got the Scotland curse. Yeah, yes, uh, well, just, well, he's back now just in time to ruin our chances of getting to the Euros. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ash Taylor's actually been pretty decent this season. Uh, he's actually been a, a him in Maine because I mean the Maine was absolutely shocking at the start of the campaign, but he started to play fairly well recently. Not brilliant, but he's doing a job for them. And Taylor's actually been pretty good, uh, which Aberdeen fans are kind of saying that he's come back and in the time he's been away for the club, he's, he's improved as a player, uh, which is something that we didn't really see Coming happening this no, summer no. or last summer. thought it was quite harsh in the, uh, the penalty award for oh, fuck Taylor. Never um, I think in the highlights it showed you... McInnes is talking pish when he says it hits his back. Though. No, it doesn't, it, it hits, hits his, his arm, arm but you know, where's he meant to put it? Um, yeah. I think if you see the highlights from the, the referee's perspective, it, because of the way he turns his Aye. body... It does look as if his arms may be a little bit out, but yeah, I thought it was yeah, pretty harsh on uh, on Taylor. But I think come on, like come on, I mean, bro, for the highlights, I mean, Brophy's such a he's such a weird player because uh, he's 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 builds perfect. Uh, he's got pace. He really, when you look at him, he looks like such a good player. Like everything about it screams he's going to be an absolutely quality player. But he's he's like he can never seem to sustain form. Uh, for very long and the amount of shots he hits <laughs> I don't understand how he doesn't score more goals because a lot of the shots are on target he got a bit greedy yesterday when he hit the post when Burke was on in the middle Aye. that was an absolute stick on you pass that that's a goal but he got a total one trap mind but I do really like watching Brophy and I think a, a, a really good manager could do something pretty special with Brophy it's about 80% of the park like a football pitch about 80% of that Brophy thinks he's in scoring range yeah <laughs> he does just shoot from absolutely and uh, Greg Kilty uh, who got a goal yesterday did he not yes he, he did, did. Um, it's, uh, Craig Anderson was saying that maybe maybe he's back or has he never ever been uh, he, was, he was a very good player uh, before the injury started happening and he's certainly not back to that level yet but it's the fact that he's starting he's scoring it's it's encouraging at least I don't think he necessarily played particularly brilliantly against Aberdeen but I mean it's a tough game so the fact that he's he's good enough to at least get, get a nod because 
Kelly could certainly use with more kind of creativity for their midfield. And if he can, you're kind of rooting for him because he, he has he has struggled that much with injuries. And when that kind of happens, especially to a young player, it's quite it's especially depressing in his case because he kind of turned down the opportunity to go elsewhere. I think mm-hmm. to to sign a, a contract and stay with Kelly. And he, had he gone, I think Hibs were sniffing around him. I mean, you would have been earning more money and would have been more set up and then he gets injuries and you think, that's why young players often leave because mm, yeah. you never know when your career's just going to completely change. Uh, so hopefully he can get, can get back to play he was. Because, I mean, I know it's a different level, but the Fairland fans used to rave about him uh, mm. say he was really good earlier this season. So it seems now he's got a bit of confidence back as well, which is probably the hardest thing that players have to overcome. Especially a young player. Yeah, yeah. After, after being out for so long. Just look at those two squads. It's like the, there's a, the little changes you could do to each team could perfectly... Like if Aberdeen were to take... Maybe not Finlay, because Kamarnik would never let him go because of how good it is, but popping Del Fabro over there, bringing Hedges into Kamarnik, <laughs> wouldn't that just work absolutely perfectly? I really... We, I know we do that. We do the swaps. The, the trades, yeah. We, we do the trades, but I always do wonder in Scottish football, would it not be quite quite smart to that more because of the lack of money how hard it is to trade the amount of times that you have to um, revamp your whole squad would it not be smart to do it like that sometimes because you know what you're getting and you've seen it and when you're all going to have to revamp eight or nine players because other countries I know Italian football was really famous for the fact they were quite happy to sort of swap around I think it would be if clubs could which they never can look beyond the end of their own nose. Uh, I think that would actually be a really good way of of uh, clubs functioning in the Scottish Premiership. And last and least, uh, we'll go to oh, not least actually, we'll go to our messengers messengers first. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Fowler once again here to bring you an offer of free beer. Who doesn't love free beer? Well, we've partnered up once again with the good people at Beer52.com and they're giving our listeners the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace and just cover the postage of four ninety five. And if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the terrace, you'll get an extra two free beers. So that's ten free beers in total for terrace listeners. B52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, South Africa, New Zealand, California and many more. As an independent UK company, Beer52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it off. If you don't like dark beers, you can choose the light plan instead. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your case free. And don't forget right now, the Terrace listeners get two extra beers free. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> it was a Beer 52 ad that had my voice on it. And you, oh yeah, you liked them, you've drank some of them. Yes, I have drank mm-hmm. some of them. Alright, what was your favourite one? Uh, the, the brown one. 
Hmm. And we're going to go to Paisley. To <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, have I know you have, Adam. I know that's I why I was asking you. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. I'm I can't genuinely fucking remember. I'm just trying to make general chit-chat. I really wasn't trying to <laughs> fucking sting you there. I, I drank the majority on the way to a fucking uh, We Are Scientists gig. I can't remember what I drank. What, in 2003? Uh, no, I saw them uh, last year. Oh, so you did. Eh? You went and saw them. I forget that they're all coming back. These, all the, the old being, Nostalgia bands. Nostalgia bands. There's a lot of money in nostalgia bands these days. Absolutely. Especially with people like us who will never let our youth go and we'll still go. <laughs> uh, got turned up, still with the same hairdo, sweating like fucking... Uh, right, Paisley, St. Mirren Nil, St. Johnston Nil, they've got a draw. Uh, thanks for what listening to the Tennis Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a really frustrating game for St. Mirren. They were the better team uh, easily throughout the game. Uh, really the only team that created any chances throughout it as well. And they hit the post twice. They had another couple of... Um, they had another couple of opportun- like half chances that they missed, and but it was just it's kind of the problem with St Mirren all season, isn't it? They've never really looked particularly good going forward. They signed some players in January to try and improve that. Um, I said Jamie McGrath uh, played right wing. He, from what I can tell, St Mirren fans did not rate him no. whatsoever. And Chabby, who I was I I, I scouted uh, for the Patreon uh, where he signed, very impressed with him, but. I did say I did say the caveat at the time is that he, by the looks of it he's not playing much football so he might not be fit if he's not fit he's going to have to come along slowly the, the, when you have to do that as a player coming into a new club halfway through a season it's always going to make it harder and that's just what it looks like because he was only I mean even though they needed a win and even though they were playing against 10 men I mean I suppose they were only playing against 10 men for the last 11 minutes but even still Chabby was only given the last 6 minutes of this one and instead Maurice and Andrew were brought on instead and some of the fans weren't happy about that because both of them have been pretty crap for most of the season I think from reading some stuff with some men fans that is uh, Jim Goodwin's go-to substitution on the 60th minute marks bring on Tony Andrew which that's not overly inspiring really is it he's not Tony Andrew anymore no I do, I do hate when managers have go-to. I always think yep. that really really makes me think less of a manager when there's a constant same substitution. I'm like, not every game is exactly <laughs> the same. Surely we can think of the, maybe we need to do something else. But um, how do you pronounce the, the striker's name before a... Uh, Yukubiak. Uh, Yukubiak, okay. He's not done much either, has he? He's been all right. Yeah, yeah. I was quite impressed a few weeks ago when we played them. Three times in a row. Or whatever oh, yeah. it was <laughs> You're the perfect guy um, asking about this. So, you know, I thought I thought he was. He looked handy enough. I think he scored uh, in the first the first game of the cup mm-hmm. um, at St Mirren Park against us. Yeah, it looked, it looks fairly handy. Um, he didn't have a good game this time, but I mean, he's a St Mirren player. He's not going to play well every week. Why was uh, McPherson not playing? I thought he's been playing pretty well recently. Is he not? I think that was another criticism from some fans is that they they kind of wanted some. They didn't like the fact that neither McPherson nor McAllister came off the bench oh, McAllister's the <laughs> honestly it's... yeah but so is Tony Andrew in fact yeah. he's worse than the law. Yeah. Uh, so I think I mean yeah it's it kind of you look at that squad and you're kind of splitting hairs you're like are you really that annoyed that Tony Andrew came on because your subs aren't very good either yeah. um, but I, I suppose yeah I, I can understand why McAllister is kind of seen as a more kind of productive more effective player than Andrew and and yeah, Cammy McPherson has been playing well. It kind of looks like a... I mean, I don't want to slag off the midfield too much because it did dominate the game. Uh, dominate's maybe strong, but there were a better team throughout, so the midfield should maybe get a bit of credit. I think Ross Wallace done okay in the centre uh, alongside... Forget how small he is, eh? Aye. The minute, I, mean, yeah. I, I, did, uh, I did totally get it, especially when I saw a tweet today 
I think by a friend of the show, Stevie Din, and he was doing the Valbuena one when he's making a pass and he's got uh, Fellaini <laughs> and company around him when he's playing for France and Ross Wallace. So the minute I saw that, it gave me big Valbuena vibes. <laughs> uh, just probably a word on St. Johnson, they have been very good. What was it? You start there, two defeats uh, since... Two this... defeats since December. Yeah, I mean, they, they really didn't play well uh, in this game and they probably got away with one, but... Since the start of December as well, so that's... Over three months now, even though there was a there was a two week break in there. But it probably shows you the the confidence in the side that I mean, yeah, they got they, they were a bit lucky, especially with the two shots hitting the post. But for all St. Mern had the ball, other than those chances and maybe a couple of others, they didn't create an awful lot. And a defence that seemed to give away goals early in the season to keep a clean sheet on a night like that, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't think either team will be overly happy or overly disappointed with it. St Mirren probably a little bit, little I think bit more be a, disappointed. I think there'll be a frustration though considering uh, with the fact that um, Hearts and, and Hamilton yeah, both won, I think, yeah, they could have stretched away and St Johnston with the fact that uh, Hibs lost and uh, sort of Livingston never managed to get the three points uh, and Aberdeen didn't get any points. So St Johnston actually could have put themselves firmly in with a, a shout for the I top six of the few for the few games to go, which um I mean they clearly um it does matter, uh, especially at Club St Johnston is they're 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 selling f- tickets to the old firm to fill up three sides of the ground, which tell me that they're obviously looking for the money. I'm not criticizing them. I get it, whatever they need to do. So getting in the top six would be a huge deal if they're able to do that and also bring sort of a big crowd for Aberdeen uh, if they're going for a if they're going for for Europe or whatever, yeah. and same with, with Hibs, like there's in Motherwell, like there's things that they mm. could do. Uh, well, you can make a decent. I, I like Motherwell fans. Motherwell's fans. Yeah, to are be fair, fans. we've actually don't, don't want to take it back to Motherwell, but no, yeah, we, we do have a decent. I think travelling numbers can if you balance them up against our home crowd. You know, mm-hmm. 4, You've got your wee chavs in the corner, and they're good fun. <laughs> yeah, good fun. I people up a little bit. And, I, yeah. I'm, 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 I talk to you, but it's like every every club needs a young team. It's yes, like, I'm a fan of chavs. Ch- um, I am a fan of chavs in the corner. Ah, you do need Absolutely. to have them. They they like they they grow up. They might change, but I mean, we need another batch of them coming through because they do have a big <laughs> they have a big say. I mean, you would have saw Easter Road. We've put all our wee chavs up in the top right hand corner of the field. Yeah, well, actually, and it's like yeah, yeah. absolutely rubbish. I don't get that. At all, and again, yeah. the Inverness game, we brought them at half time. They actually, I think. I don't think the club, like, but there was barely anyone in the other section. So they all just came down and sat down and they all started singing and the atmosphere was miles better in the second half because they were just close enough to these stand to get the to get the sort of songs rippling around yeah. and suddenly everyone's in it. So I think it's I think it's really important for the sort of for the enjoyment of like me, I'm one of the sort of middle aged guys there now and it does help if I've had a few but I'm not gonna start a song, am I? <laughs> no, but I, love, I love joining songs. Yeah, exactly. I'm Absolutely. not gonna start so I need the I need the chaps in the corner to start it and I'll get involved. I was singing the Hearts Bad Moon Rising new song for like about three days after Tuesday. Oh, what's that? Uh, I'm not gonna sing it all. Oh, come on, Craig. You've like, forced me to sing songs on this about a hundred times. <laughs> We've got a diamond Daniel Stendhal, the German who came from Barnsley. He's got us playing attacking football. Allegedly. He's here to save HMFC. Suter <laughs> at the back. He's injured. Boise in attack. <laughs> Stendhal's got us playing. Hearts are back. There we go. Won the bloody <laughs> jambos. Well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Derek, I hope you enjoyed your... Your first, very much so, guys. Thank you very much for for having me on. Like I said, not no, how I for coming. My oh, Friday night would play out when I was in the hotel bar last night. But, yes. but there you go. At half twelve, having rums with mm, Joel. Uh, Joel was having a few rums. Yeah, um, Joel likes his rum. Mm. Rum, yes, and I, know, I know. Yeah. Um, 
No, no, no. Thank you very much for having me on. It was good fun. No, great. It was great having you. We need more people. Yes, in Edinburgh especially. Especially because we've got all the gallivanters. They all gallivant to the to the bright lights of television. <laughs> uh, so I need, I need some pals, Derek, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's been so to ask. So, um... <laughs> Perfect bond. We'll have we're going. Um, if you could like to listen to the Patreon, um, we're going to go away and do some chat. Very topical. It sounds shite because the coronavirus is annoying. Every time you pick up your phone, that's all that pumps through. But we are going to talk about what would be the pros and cons of the Scottish football season was shut down by the coronavirus. So I think that'll actually just be a good laugh. We can make light of this, which is what should have been happening for, for quite a while about the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wash your hands, everyone. Um, um, and that's going to be on the two, $2. $2 Patreon. Like the $5 one will be Derek talking about Motherwell yes. because it was of that standard. Um, so please pay money if you enjoy our stuff and so you can listen to more of it. A view for the terrace is back on on Friday. Yes. I saw that tonight, so probably well, uh, yeah, all right. By the time you listen to this, it's probably already started. <laughs> so it'll be on BBC iPlayer. Yes. And you'll see what I saw on Twitter as the Championship Player of the Year award being awarded. So Player of the Month. Player of the Month, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In March. Uh, um, so, I mean, somebody's doing all right. He's no, getting handed to hand out bloody trophies to actual real players. Just the actual Player of the Month award. Yeah. What the hell? And then we interview that player. I could probably say who the player was, uh, but because by the time uh, <laughs> anyone but I, I won't, just in case. Just, uh, Andy, want to break the embargo. Andy on the phone instantly. Right. <laughs> what you did? Um, so yeah, thanks very much for listening. We're going over to talk about the coronavirus. I'll see you all later. Sports Social Podcast Network.